Welcome to Asian Glow Up, a podcast centered around sharing stories that help Asian Americans explore their identities and connect with their most authentic self. We're your hosts. I'm Jackie. I'm April. And I'm Jojo. Today, we're going to do our Chase Wrapped, which is a spinoff of the Spotify Wrapped and Dating Wrapped videos that you might have seen all over TikTok and Instagram Reels closer to the end of 2022. So what is Chase Wrapped? Well, it's not really called Chase Wrapped. It's actually called your spending summary that Chase provides on the app. Imagine if they sent you an email like Spotify where it was like interactive and everything just saying like you spent $20,000 on like the dumbest shit this year. I feel like that'd be so funny, but they would just never do that. I love the internet and how people just take the most random things and make it a trend. And when I first saw this video of someone doing like, y'all talking about Spotify wrapped and dating wrapped? Let me show you my chase wrapped. And this girl spent like, (laughs) I think almost $200,000. And I was just like, holy shit. And then I texted y'all and was like, expose yourselves. <laughs> so today we're going to go into more specifics of how much we spent in the last year and what our top spending categories were, which I think is more interesting than a total amount because it really shows yeah. if we're putting money where our mouth is, if that makes sense. And I think it'll be interesting too for us to think about if we want to change any habits in 2023 or if we're okay with how things are going. Who has a spending problem? I think for the structure of this episode, what could be fun would be first for us to go over our total spending individually, just really quickly, and then talk about our like money mindsets just in general. So like growing up, what did that look within our families and how that's changed over time? So that's going to come a little bit later. And also how we manage our money. I think personal finance is so personal, but it's such a topic that I really enjoy learning more about, especially since... For me, at least, I feel like a lot of the things that I do was all self-taught. And I'm assuming it was kind of similar for you two, too. So curious to see how often you're like checking your bank accounts or just like moving your money around from like savings to whatever. And then with Jackie, too, I know you do a lot of investing. So maybe the way you think about managing your money is different. So a lot of fun things for us to chat through today. So before I dive into my numbers, which I know that's what everyone's here for. (laughs) I will caveat by saying that pretty much if my parents need to order anything on Amazon, I do it with my credit card. If we're booking vacations, it's on my credit card. If there's like pretty much anything that can be done with a credit card for them, they like to use mine because they want to give me points. Um, Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. But that also definitely skews my numbers a little bit. My total amount for the year, this covers my credit card my checking account, and my savings account spendings. This is $79,761.02. And just to break it down a little bit by category, my top category was bills and utilities, which is kind of surprising. But when I click into it, that includes my like Google Ads charges. And I also pay for my parents' Google Ads for their small business. So I like it's just interesting to see like how much I actually spent on that for them. It was $27,000 and that does not include my rent because I actually Venmo April for my rent and I don't know what category that falls under. It doesn't include your rent? I don't think so. There's no way you're spending $27,000 on just Google ads. How would it know that's my rent like the Venmo? It doesn't know that. I think it thinks that's shopping. Oh. Yeah, but if okay, I calculate there's no way nearly, you only spent $2,000 on shopping though. Oh, no. $27,000 is not just on Google Ads. Like, it's, like, a lot of other things, too. Like, 
whatever else it categorizes as a bill, it counts mm-hmm. that. Separately from that number, I calculated what my yearly rent is and it's $17,000, which is like really crazy to think about, especially since my first job in New York paid me $55,000. It's just like really weird to quantify everything. And then for shopping, I spent around 17000 apparently and travel was around 16000 Wait, so did any of this surprise you? Yes, but at the same time, not really. Just because, you know, I got a raise last year. And so I feel like my cost of living definitely also got a raise, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Not that I like buy myself super materialistic things, but I think it also made me be more willing to like cover things for friends or for my parents. So I feel like that definitely was reflected in my yearly costs. Yeah, that makes sense. I think these words should be taken with a grain of salt because it is yeah. very, like high level. Because I know for me personally, I am usually the person when we go to restaurants and stuff where I put my car down. I was thinking about it the other day. and I'm like, why? How did that happen? But it's not because I'm like, oh, I want the points. I think it's because people tend to not offer first. And then I don't want it to be awkward. So I'm like, oh, I'll just pay and I'll buy my charge. And I also feel like I'm better at like splitting the bill to Venmo charge people because sometimes people forget. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting this charge like a month and a half later from when we had that dinner versus I will like try to do it within the first couple of days. That's me. That's what Justin does. <laughs> Justin is so bad about charging people. No, he like Venmo charged me for something like <laughs> two months later and I forgot about it and I felt bad. Oh, he's so bad. At it. And I keep telling him like, I'm like, this dinner was so long ago. People don't even remember like what the charge is for. But same. To jump in to my total spending for just my credit card, which is what I use for everything, I honestly don't even know where my debit card is. And I I don't use Chase for my checking account. So it is still separated. But for Chase, I spent around 43,000, which I guess that's not that bad, question mark. But this doesn't include rent and it doesn't include like miscellaneous memo charges because when I memo people that's coming from my checking which is coming from my Bank of America but like I said for the most part I'm usually the one charging people not paying so I do feel like it's pretty balanced it might even be less if anything because you're splitting those charges exactly so for me the cost of rent this year was around 16,000 so we added all up with my chase wrapped and my rent, it's just under around 60000 So to me, that makes a sense considering my lifestyle and what I spend my money on. I'm curious to see everyone's biggest purchase of the year. Oh, that's oh. a good question. For the biggest purchase of the year last year would probably be the Blackpink tickets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was yeah. like my one splurge. And everyone was like, oh, maybe you should sell it. But for me... That was, I waited, what, three, four years for this moment. And I was, that was worth way more than that. For me, one singular purchase, it was my round trip airfare to Hong Kong that I'm going to in a couple of weeks. And that technically still counts as 2022 since I bought it in December. My top category is travel at around 14,000. I think food is just under there at around 12 or 13. But I really do think a large chunk of that food cost is from like big dinners I think just Jackie's birthday dinner was a thousand dollars and I put my card down for that. Really? Yeah. Because it was a really nice meal and there was a good amount of people. Yeah. So little things like that. But this is where we did it out. I feel like it's 
pretty accurate for the most part. A lot of the other categories are a lot smaller. But yeah, I think that's it for me. Jackie, if you want to jump in. Yeah, so my total spending for 2022 is around 73000 My highest spending category would be food of 16 k And I am also a point ho, so I would always put everything on my card, whatever I'm buying. And then I also did a lot of traveling last year and I took my mom on like a mother-daughter trip. So we got to splurge a little and my traveling was around to Paris. 15K. Yeah, to Paris. I got to treat my mom out and eat really good food and enjoying the moment and spending it where I wanted to because I think I've been saving it so long. So I was like, okay, let me just splurge a little because with COVID and everything going on, if you keep saving and never spend it, then what's the point of it? Okay. So based on these initial numbers that we just shared, was there anything that jumps out at you? I think what's funny to me here is that for your top three spending categories, my top one at 14000 is still like less. Oh. Like both of you technically spent more on travel this year than I did. And travel was my top category. And travel for you is like the third or second. Mm, yeah. I was trying to think of something to say to justify my spending but I have nothing <laughs> <laughs> how does your 2022 spending compare to your 2021 spending did it go up I think for all of us it went. mine went down because from like May from May to like August I didn't spend anything because I was in the hospital well I guess True. I spent money on hospital bills but you know insurance helped me out a little bit there but it was definitely over six figs from what I remember. Damn. Oh, wow. I feel like if you were in New York for the entire year, just doing your normal New York things, this year probably would have been. It would have been way more because Stacy's was too. over six figs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Calling yeah. her out in this episode. <laughs> no one is catching her, her bullet. but you yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. So my 2021 spending, I think, was at like, 36 or 37,000. Once again, this this is not including rent. So including rent, that would have been probably around like the low 50s, which is not bad, I guess. Mine jumped up around 20K, but that was also probably because I was doing a lot more traveling and spending a lot more on food. And I was budgeting in 2021 while 2022 felt like I'm just going to enjoy myself I'm going to spend where I need and then we'll worry about that later, which may not be the best idea. But sometimes you get like those moment instincts like life is short and you should just enjoy it while it is. And I've been trying to work more on like being the present moment. And if being the present moment wants a very delicious meal right now, I'm going to order it. <laughs> Do you feel like you're going to carry that energy into the next year, into 2023? I think so. Living more in the moment has help with my anxiety so being able to spend what feels best to me is what I'm going to plan to do so things that are a little too expensive but I don't put too much emphasis on it then I'll be a little more budgety I'll make sure to not overspend but I really want to just treat myself out like I haven't before because I think when I first moved to New York too I was so strict on myself that it would be maybe like 10 20 degrees it's snowing, it's freezing cold. I have a 20 minute walk from my apartment to the subway and I'd be maybe in like downtown Manhattan. I wouldn't even Uber 
at like 4 a.m. after the club because I'm like, I can't spend that. But now I'm allowing myself to to really make my mental health better and like what I want to spend it on, I allow myself to. What do you consider treating yourself? Things that I really appreciate and really want to spend my money on. So for food and treating other people out when we're eating, then I'm more likely to spend. But I mean, it was to a point where April, JoJo, and, and Stacy had to buy me new Converse because they're so bad. But to me, I'm like, those Converse, they do its job, even though it has a hole in it and it's like dirty as heck. Like, I don't need to spend on a new pair of shoes because it does the job for me. But if I'm going to splurge on like a $120 meal, then I'd rather do that than buy new shoes. Because I think it gives me more joy on food than it does this pair of shoes that does this And job. it brought me a lot of joy to give you those new Converse. <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Thank Jackie you. said we, we live to eat, not eat to live. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like my relationship with eating, like I know... I like I'm always stressed about eating because I don't feel good after I eat. So for me, like I can't ever justify spending a lot on a meal because I know I'm not going to be able to eat it all or eat enough to actually enjoy it. And then I'll probably want to like go home immediately because I feel sick. So for me, I get that like boost of serotonin or dopamine from buying (laughs) things like the converse, you know. So it's just interesting how things are flipped for us. Now that we've reviewed our top spending categories and how much we've been spending money on things this year, is there anything you want to change for this next year? Just looking at the hard numbers really makes you think yeah, about like where your money is going. Because obviously this doesn't include our savings. It doesn't include our investments and all that good stuff. But it's like, wow, I spent seven, $8,000 on shopping this year. Like, that I need, like, what from that amount was actually necessary and how much of that was just me just, like, wanting nice things because I can have nice things. I don't know. It just makes me think about that a little bit more. Yeah, seeing the hard numbers, it's kind of like a reality check. I'm like, ooh, I've been spending a lot more than I should. You know, maybe that organic oat milk versus the Kirkland version <laughs> is okay. Like, I don't, do I really need the organic? But hey, um, Kirkland one was good for a long time. Yeah. It, it yeah, I like the Kirkland one. <laughs> the shelf life is not very long, but when it's yeah, fresh, yeah. it's good. So now let's jump into more general financial literacy and like our money mindsets growing up. I'm curious to hear how money was talked about in your household. Was it taboo? Was it something that was discussed with you even when you were a kid? For me, I would say... My parents always, like, whenever we wanted to buy something, unless we really needed it, then we would buy it. But if it was just like, oh, I want that new toy out, my parents would like, no, we can't afford that. Double check on what you really want. But they would say, no, we can't afford it. They would say that. And then it kind of gave that realization of like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I'll wait or maybe I'll save up for it on my own to try to get it. But I think their way of saying like, oh, we can't afford it always made me feel like, okay, even now with my Converse, like it does the job. And to me, if it does the job and it, it covers all my needs, then there's no point. Like I don't need to upgrade. Gotcha. So it's like for you, your basic need is met and you were almost like trained growing up that like if your basic need is met, then you don't need like the extra fancier thing or yeah. you don't need to like replace it. Is that kind of what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, I agree. And I think this also leads into fast fashion and stuff like that. And I'm being 
I think now that I notice it more and I'm spending money in more quality pieces, that has been making a lot a bigger difference for me. But I think when I'm younger and growing up, it's really just whatever covers the basics and that's good to go. I think I've also experienced that shift into investing in like more staple pieces rather than the fast fashion because like when I was making 55k when I first moved to New York I was definitely still probably shopping at like I don't know was I still shopping in Forever 21 I probably was but I think around like 2019 I officially stopped a lot of the Forever 21 pieces are definitely falling apart or they're just like really thin and I don't wear them anymore and we actually just had a garage sale today where I sold actually a lot of my high school clothes and I sold them all for like a dollar each. I was like, please, if you want it for free, you can just take it. Cause like, I just, <laughs> like, I just wanted to purge. Off my hands. Yeah. yeah and yeah. also like some of these people that came to the garage sale, they were like, one of the guys, he dropped a penny and I was like, oh, hey, you dropped a penny. And I picked it up for him. And he was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yesterday at the grocery store, I needed one more penny and I couldn't afford my groceries. So this will help me mm. today. And I was like, oh, my God, just take all this stuff for free. Like, I don't need this stuff. It just was a wake up call. Like, I don't need the shit. Why do I keep buying it? I do think it's interesting to think about how, like, April, your question about money mindset and how it has evolved over the years. My answer is probably really different than my brother's answer because we grew up six years apart. And Mm. when I was growing up, my parents were pretty much like just getting started with their small business. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom taking care of me. And we lived in a tiny one-bedroom apartment. And I would go to work with them at the flea market like as an infant. But like I pretty much grew up at the flea market. And I have pictures trick-or-treating at the flea market with my other flea market friends. And we're all wearing like little ladybug costumes. And I'm like, I had so much fun doing that. And I think that's really made me develop a very interesting mindset around money. And... I feel like I've almost become like a third parent for my younger brother because my parents didn't teach me about credit and I didn't get a credit card until probably like junior year of college. But for him, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to get him a credit card as soon as we can. So I think it's been really interesting comparing my upbringing versus my brother's. It's funny that you say that about the credit card because I didn't get my first credit card until like after college. And I have an older brother and he did not tell me any of these things. <laughs> you think he knew? I don't think he did. I don't even know when he got his first credit card. I think for me growing up, my family was definitely not very well off. I think the last trip home, I found like an old photo book and I was looking at pictures of our older apartment. I was like, this is what our apartment looked like. Like it's so different from my memory, but obviously the photo evidence is more accurate than my five-year-old memory. But I was just like, this shit was not cute. I was like, why does this bathroom look fucked up? Like, it's not. I was like, wow. Like, all the curtains, all the furniture, you could tell that, like, it was just whatever we could get. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to choose this because it really balances the lighting in here or whatever. We're always looking for fun ways to connect with people. And today's sponsors makes it super easy. Pickleball is a fun way to stay active, and it's a great way to meet new people. Our sponsor, an Asian-owned company, Court Pickleball, brings representation on and off the court with their Asian influence, Pickleball Designs. Go check them out on Instagram at Court Pickleball. But I never felt poor. Like, I was definitely poor, but I never felt poor because growing up, I think my mom did a really good job of shielding 
me and my brother from thinking about that stuff. She always went above and beyond because like growing up, I did so many lessons like Chinese school, dance class, Mm -hmm. math, piano, art, whatever. And like all of that was, you know, paid for by my mom. And she always just made sure that like we had things to do. We were well occupied. I want to talk about lessons real quick, though, because if you think about it, those lessons are so expensive. Like I grew up playing five, six different musical instruments. I did a lot of swimming lessons. I did ice skating. I did Kumon. I did like literally you name it. I've probably done it. And so did my brother. And he would go with me like we did karate, too. I'm like, how do they afford this stuff? Because it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just like make it work. Because the other day I was on the phone with my mom and she was like asking me when I'm going to have kids. And I was just like, not anytime soon. And she was like, why? And I said, well, you know, I want to be more settled. I want to know, you know, what I'm doing and also save more money. And she was just like, it's not that expensive. And I was like, what do you mean it's not that expensive? In this economy? Seriously. And then she was just like, it seems like a lot. But when you're actually in the day to day, that's not what you're worried about. Like you're there's so much happening. And I think that's like Mm -hmm. part of the immigrant mentality. It's like you just make it work somehow, some way. It's just going to be okay. And that could have just been her like trying to convince me to have kids sooner, uh, which is not happening. But I don't know. My mom said the same thing, actually. I was telling her, one, I'm not ready to have kids. And two, that it's just really expensive. Like, I don't want to have to have that as like a burden on me right now while I'm trying to care of it but and then I asked her like how did you how did you do it basically and she's like you just do it you just keep going and you learn on the way and you that will light the fire on your ass just to keep going on so I just think it's funny yeah. that like kind of similar in their mindsets on kids I definitely commend them for it because I mean it couldn't have been easy like my mom still doesn't speak English like the fact that she was able to do like all of this for like me and my brother I wanted to ask April, do you think that getting a credit card later in your years that it helped you with money management? Because for me, too, I also got my credit card maybe like junior, senior year of college. And I have a funny story where I was applying for my first credit card. Right. And my mom was at work. I'm putting in the applications like, how much do you make? And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm an intern. So I probably make maybe two, three thousand for like the whole summer. So when it asked me, I put that number and I got <laughs> I got rejected right away. And I was like, how can I get rejected for a credit card if one, I've never had one before. And two, I don't have any credit. So why would they reject me? And then when I called my mom, asked you, she's like, oh, my God, no, like you're supposed to put just say you forgot a zero or something like that to so you can get accepted. It's just a system to wire you out. But I just thought it was funny because I didn't know how to manage it. But then since I didn't have a credit card, I would use everything in the debit card and that kind of gave me a better money management and mindset because I'm like, I can only spend what I have in my bank account. So instead, unlike my brother, to be honest, he has, he like he would spend money on his credit card and he's like, oh, I'll pay it off monthly, but he'll rack up debt. But for me, since I got it so late, I'm like, honestly, didn't know how the credit card works. I'll just use it as a debit card. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Honestly, my mindset is the same. If you don't have it in your debit card, you should not put it on your credit card. Oh, 100%. I definitely spend my credit card like a debit card. Like I said, I don't even use a debit card. My credit card isn't my debit card, basically. And I just like transfer the funds over. I don't think getting a credit card later at like 21 years old made me 
better at money management. I think I'm also the type of person who always thought about personal finance. Like I remember in college when I had like my on-campus jobs that are like super chilling, you're just at the computer. Like I did event planning for the financial aid office for financial literacy month. And I would host events around financial literacy for the UCSD campus, which was really fun. I would like find speakers to come. I would book like all of the rooms and make sure that everything went smoothly, things like that. And in my free time, I would just like read personal finance articles just because I thought it was interesting or just for me to think about when one, I wasn't even making that much money. Like there's no finance to be like personalizing, you know? I wish I got more education from financial subjects because since my parents didn't have a lot, like no one told me that when you're taking out student loans for college that you're supposed to pay them back. Like I really thought like, oh, I got FAFSA. I got money every quarter to spend on books, quote unquote, but <laughs> you get more money than you can on books. I'm like, oh, I got, I got yeah, free money. You're spending $5,000 on books. Wait, did your brother not do FAFSA? Did he not tell you any of this? It's because he went to the Marines first. So I was the first person to take out student loans right. and things like that. So when I graduated and I was looking at loans, I was like, oh, my God. But you didn't realize you needed to pay it back until you graduated? Yeah, because I had no idea. Brooklyn. I didn't know any of these financial stuff because I think that was my mistake because I'm like, I was very overwhelmed with the amount of financial material out there. So I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll just do what is told to me. And since my parents barely knew what the past was up and they're like, oh, yeah, we signed up for it. You get this amount of money. But they forgot that part where it's like it's actually a loan. So you thought it was more like a scholarship. Didn't you say your parents took out loans too, like for you? Yeah, they took out the parent loans. So, yeah, we had both. But they didn't need to do that. They made it sound because I take it because like they're offering it. Yeah. There's like a California one where you get some money you have to pay back and some money that you don't for going to yeah. like a UC school. And I thought that amount of money was fully mine. So I'm like, oh okay, my God. never. If only you went to UCSD and went to my financial literacy workshops that I hosted. <laughs> That's so crazy to me because I was just going to say, I remember like. So every year they offer you like a set amount of like scholarship and whatever like money for you like Pell Grants and there's also the money that's like here's what you could take out that we're offering you as loans so mm -hmm. I took out five thousand dollars all four years of college but I limited wow. myself to only five thousand of whatever they offered me I don't remember how much they did I think they might have offered like seven to eight maybe ten thousand I don't remember I might be making this up but I took out five thousand so I graduated with twenty thousand in loans and I knew that they were loans and after I graduated I made it a goal to pay it off in one year, all $20,000 in one year. And I was able to do that because wow. of this crazy job that paid me like way too much money. And it was crazy because that funded my move to New York and paid off all my student loans, basically. But that's so crazy to me that you didn't know yeah. you had to pay it off until after you graduated. I was taking the max amount. They're like, you get, you want 10K? I'm like, hell yeah, like I'll take it. But I think because I was just, very unaware. I was very more focused on anything else. Wait, so I want to know, what did you do with the money? That's a lot of money for a 20-year-old. Yeah, no wonder. I'm like, I'm having fun in college because I'm, I'm going to be spending. Yeah, because like your rent in Riverside was like $500 or something, right? So like, what did you do with the money? Did you travel or did you just like 
go shopping. I didn't or... even get to travel. I you went to like Coachella. I was spending it on raves. Spending on Coachella. Oh I was not the rave. on alcohol, <laughs> all food. You spent it on Big Little Reveal. Dude, you must have been such a good big. Uh, I yeah, I really thought, and then that's why I remember you telling me that like you paid off all your loans when I first met you, April, and you had everything locked down. But for me, I was like, mm, I just came out with like forty k loans. Okay, I, I did not have everything locked down. I just wanted to like pay it all off like sooner. Yeah, and that's when I realized yeah. after graduating and the amount of loans I had was like a very like a number. I was like, okay, maybe I should be an adult and start learning what a 401k is start learning what savings and paying this off so yeah I started paying off my student loans I mean don't feel bad because I didn't know that you're supposed to invest your 401k contributions until like last year because Jackie helped me and I had no idea like no one ever told me that and my parents don't even know what a 401k is so that was that was interesting, you know, going through that <laughs> as a what twenty four year old. I think that was twenty five at that point, which is crazy. Are you guys the type to just spend and then forget about it until the bills due, or are you checking like weekly on your your amounts in your accounts? Ooh, got some bars <laughs> with my very what do you call it obsessive personality. I would check it. Daily, I would I would always fixate on them. It's kind of how I would fixate on calorie counting. I was always fixating on the amount of money I had. And once I had to really realize like this was more detrimental for my health, my mental health, that I needed to find a new way to re-manage how I'm looking at money and my finances. And now I only look at it maybe twice a month, just so like, oh, the number is good we're doing okay. But before it was like very, I need to check it all the time. What's going in, what's going out. And what helped me get that mindset change was I was reading somewhere. What does it mean to be rich? And I kept reading all about it. And I saw one thing that said, as long as your balance is above zero, or your income is more than your debt, then you're rich and you're wealthy. And to me, now that I look at it as a better mindset of like, as long as that number is off of zero, I'm rich and I'm healthy and I'm wealthy. I think that's a good method as long as you're aware like yourself because there are people that think they might be spending less than they actually have, but that's also oh, how sure. you can quickly spiral into mm-hmm. debt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I definitely check my bank accounts at least once a day or once every other day, but to answer your question though, I kind of do a bit of both. Like when I am spending, I'm I don't have like a very specific budget where I'm like, I can only spend $400 this month on food. Like if I'm going to go out and eat or if I like make plans with someone, I'm just going to spend my money on whatever it is. But when I check my account, it isn't to be number crunching. It's more so just to make sure that one, it looks accurate. And two, I'm not like outpacing the money that's coming. I also just want to like know what's happening. I wouldn't call it a fixation though. But Jackie, you used the word fixate. So I, I'm curious, how do you define it as a fixation versus like a habit? Like for me, I look at it every day, but I don't feel like it's a fixation. Is it just like different vocabulary that we're using for it? Is it the same thing? Or do you feel like it's actually stronger than just like, oh, you know, it's my time to check my account now. 
I'd say it's a fixation for me because I would always have this number in my mind. Like once I look at my account, that number that I look in the account is always on my mind. I'm always figuring out, do I have enough to spend? What am I spending on? What does that number go in? If I spend this much on food, this number is going to go down this amount. Am I okay with that amount? And like always over analyzing and honestly really just anxious of what this number means to me. And that's when I started to realize like, oh, this is not as healthy. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I just wanted to understand what you meant by that. Yeah. I have a friend who is like really scared of checking their bank account to the point where I had to sit them down and be like, this is not okay. Like you have to check it. And I think they were getting medical bills from like years and years ago. And they were just like, I'm not going to pay. Like, I'm not going to look at it. Like I refuse to open this letter. I refuse to log into like my portal or whatever. And I like really had to talk to them about feeling okay that number shouldn't take over like all your emotions because the number is a number it's not going to change the longer you look at it or if you don't look at it it's still going to be there so this is just you like not facing reality basically I did see a TikTok that was it was from this girl that said she had a ton of medical bills and she was like by the way those go away because it's against HIPAA for the hospital to sue you for not paying your bills. And I was like, that is not true. That will affect your credit. That will affect your entire yeah. rest of your life if you don't pay that. And I think it's really harmful that a lot of people are actually educating themselves via TikTok, including myself, because I do use oh, that as a source of where I get my information. But just seeing things like that go viral and people commenting like, oh my God, you're right. That is against HIPAA. I'm like, no. That is not how that works. <laughs> so that kind of stuff is really shocking to me. It does make me question like where we should be getting our information for financial literacy mm -hmm. because like, you know, there's so many different perspectives. Like, do I want to get advice from a white man who probably is rich? Like, I'm just inferring this about this imaginary white man in my head, <laughs> hypothetical white man in my head. Or, you know, do I want to find someone who maybe has the same background as me and like maybe has the same spending habits I don't know so I feel like there's so much information out there that I don't know what to do with it I have so much to say about this and honestly this could probably be another episode where I go off on it because I really think that people in power and people with wealth and money don't give you these resources or don't make it easy for people to access these resources like there's a reason why our education system doesn't have these finance classes in their curriculum. It's like, oh, you have to go out of your way to start learning this. So why do we not know anything about taxes until you're pushed, you're an adult and you have to pay all this amount? Like no one teaches you stuff and that there's a reason for that. And yeah, I'll keep it short from that. I've yeah. spent a lot of time learning this financial literacy and I'm like, there's a reason why they don't give us this info think about that okay before we wrap though I want to talk about budgeting a little bit more so I don't have a very strict budget and I always go back and forth of like should I have one but I just never felt like I found one that works for me in a way that's not super limiting something that I was keeping in mind a lot when I first graduated was the 50 30 20 rule and like I said I keep track of my accounts I am a big fan of capital I use Mint every now and then. I don't, I don't love Mint. I use Marcus for my savings account and, of course, Chase and Bank of America. But that's kind of how I've managed my money. Are you guys 
kind of doing similar things? Like, what are you looking at every day? When I first moved to New York and had my first adult job that was not paying me enough, I definitely was using Mint like religiously. Like if I bought something and it showed up on my credit card, I or even my debit card, I would immediately go into the app, make sure it's categorized correctly and take care of that and then check that every single month. And I did that consistently for like two years. But I think now I think about it less. I definitely keep the 50-30-20 rule in mind. And I make sure never to spend more than 30% of my credit limit. That is also very helpful to keep in mind. But I feel like I don't like spend outrageously. Yeah. For me, I was doing a lot of budgeting, especially when I first moved to the city. But then when I started to realize looking and getting fixated on these numbers and trying to track everything. Also, I'm that person to buy a planner and I'm like, I'm going to write on the planner daily and never look at it after the first two days. So imagine me trying to budget and then after a day or two, like it just never sticks. But once I started to do something more intuitive and how, you know, just checking it routinely, trying to incorporate an abundance mindset has really helped. So instead of fixating on the numbers, just making sure that I feel, even if the number isn't right and maybe, you know, I am spending way too much and I probably am and I'm still working on that. But if I feel good, then it's okay. But now that I'm checking this chased wrap, I maybe might need to look at it again. But so far, it my mental health has been slightly better. Yeah, that's good. I think your mental health is worth way more than like saving a couple pennies every day, right? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. There's still definitely a lot that all three of us can learn about money and financial literacy and like investing and savings and just everything that has to deal with money. But I feel like it's super helpful to be able to talk about it with your friends. Cause like I didn't learn about a high yield savings account until April and I didn't learn about 401k investing until Jackie. So (laughs) thank you for helping me on this journey. But I do think it's important to talk about things and I'm a huge cheerleader for salary transparency as well. So If anyone out there has any questions, I can do my best to try to help you. I think we all can. But you can find us on Instagram at AsianGlowUpPod or at AsianGlowUp.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.